Hello, anti-racist friends, and welcome to A White Guy Confronting Racism, a podcast exploring the myriad ways in which racism infiltrates our everyday lives, why it's so prevalent and harmful, and importantly, what we should be doing to confront it. I'm your host, Jared Carroll. Here on season one, I'm reading excerpts from my upcoming book, A White Guy Confronting Racism, An Invitation to Reflect and Act, due out on Monday, November 15th. Today I'm reading two excerpts from section 10 of the book, Confronting Racism by Calling People Out. If you've been listening to past episodes, or if you follow my work on LinkedIn, or if you know me personally, you know that most of the time I try to call people in to conversations about racism. Overall, I've found that to be a more productive and sustainable approach to moving the anti-racist needle. And sometimes you gotta call people out. To be clear, calling people out doesn't necessarily mean yelling and screaming and shaming and dehumanizing. Whereas calling people in means I'm inviting you into a conversation and I'm willing to work with you in that conversation. When we're calling people out, we recognize that now may not be the time or context to have a conversation. Calling people out is is necessary when we need to interrupt harm, make a big statement about what is not okay, when we need to disrupt the pervasive unapologetic whiteness that perpetuates systemic racism. The first piece I'm going to read is called Unapologetically White. Some white people have a hard time understanding why a black person would declare that they are unapologetically black. Why would never speak for any individual black person or black people as a group? I suspect it stems from having to navigate an unapologetically white world that ceaselessly marginalizes others, oppresses, denies, murders, fetishizes, and appropriates blackness. Unapologetically white legislators who pass and uphold anti-black laws and policies. Unapologetically white politicians who make anti-black speeches and incite anti-black activities. Unapologetically white boards who deadbolt their anti-black old boys network doors. Unapologetically white executives who sit at anti-black tables and make anti-black decisions. Unapologetically white cops who kneel on the neck of black people until they die. Unapologetically white vigilantes who murder black joggers. Unapologetically white dog walkers who weaponize their anti-black privilege. And the list goes on. Of course, this unapologetic whiteness and unapologetic anti-blackness is rarely said out loud. It's implied, condoned, expected, baked into the fabric of our existence. It doesn't need to be spoken. It just is, and is, and is, and is, and is, until white people decide it no longer is. Unapologetic whiteness often fails to see black people and other people of color as fully human. The failure leads to continued marginalization, oppression, othering, trauma, and, in far too many instances to count, murder. This next piece is called 
he was a black man running down our road. He was a black man running down our road. Emergency call operator. Was Ahmaud Arbery committing a crime? Travis and Gregory McMichael. He's a black man running down our road. Was Trayvon Martin committing a crime? He was a black teenager wearing a hoodie. Was Tamir Rice committing a crime? He was a 12-year-old black boy with a toy gun. Was Sandra Bland committing a crime? She was a black woman who failed to signal a lane change. Was Eric Gardner committing a crime? He was a black man suspected of selling single cigarettes without tax stamps. Was Michael Brown committing a crime? He was a black man walking down the middle of the street. Was Oscar Grant committing a crime? He was a black man on BART enjoying a New Year's Eve celebration. Was Stefan Clark committing a crime? He was a black man talking on a cell phone at his grandma's house. Was Philando Castile committing a crime? He was a black man telling a police officer he had a firearm but wasn't reaching for it. Why are so many white people afraid of black people? Because they don't see them as human. Why are black people afraid of white people's fear? Because it leads to being killed. When is it going to stop? When white people see the humanity black people. Thanks for listening to a few excerpts from section 10 of a white guy confronting racism, confronting racism by calling people out. And thank you for your commitment to doing the ongoing work of anti-racism. To hear more insights and perspectives about how to keep doing the work, you can click on the link in the description to subscribe to the podcast. You can also pre-order the book. And spread the word to all your friends and colleagues. And finally, always be asking yourself, what am I doing to confront racism? I'm Jared Carroll, a white guy confronting racism. I appreciate you tuning in. Keep up the good fight. And we'll see you in the next episode.